Hello, welcome to the third episode of this podcast, Science Podcast. Today we're going to talk about a topic that I like, this volcano. First, we're going to define what is a volcano. A volcano is an opening in the Earth's surface through which hot gases, ash, and molten rock are ejected from the Earth's interior. The central feature of a volcano is the channel or vents through which the gases, ash, and rock are ejected. This vent reaches from the surface to a reservoir of molten rock or magma, which lies several kilometers beneath the surface. This reservoir is called the magma chamber. The solid materials ejected from a volcano accumulate to produce a conical mountain or cone. It corners a bowl-shaped depression or crater surrounding the vent often capped the cone. Although the vent and cone are the most prominent features of a volcano to an observer, the underground magma chamber is the actual source of the eruption. The vent merely represents a weak spot in the Earth's crust, through which the magma or trapped gases can break through the surface. So here we're talking about how is the volcano formed, what is a volcano, what did this volcano do? And it's an opening in Earth that high gases and molten rocks are, eject- are rejected from the Earth's interior. So, and another thing named lava that we're gonna talk about later. But now, have you ever asked, we already talked about in our previous episodes about seismologists that they study earthquakes. But do you know how it's called the study of volcanoes and how it's called the men and women that study volcanoes? No, you don't know. So these men and women are called volcanologists, and the study of volcanoes and volcano-related phenomena is called volcanology. The volcanologists have learned much from seismologists about the structure of the Earth. As a result, volcanologists no longer believe that volcanoes erupt suddenly and without warning. Today, volcanologists know that volcanoes appear in certain regions and certain signals precede eruptions. However, they still do not know how, they don't know exactly when a volcano will erupt. Like in the earthquakes, the seismologists and volcanologists, they cannot guess when a volcano is going to erupt or when an earthquake is going to happen. So it's something unpredictable, but in in volcanology, the volcanoes, maybe they have they maybe give some signals and but they cannot guess like when the the exact hour the exact moment of when is gonna just happen now we're gonna talk about the types of volcanoes the volcanoes differ widely as to the shape and size of their volcanic cones but they can be classified into three common types according to the materials from which their cones are made the volcano then consists from primarily eruptive volcanic ash and rock fra- fragments called cinders or cinder cone volcanoes. So the cinder cone volcanoes are volcanoes that consist primarily of eruptive volcanic ash and rock fragments. This type of volcanic cone is composed of loose materials. These volcanoes do not grow as large as other volcanoes and eruption occurs rapidly. Most cinder cones are formed by a single eruption which this one is going to last years. 
A volcano, the first of large quantities of a high cliff with lava and rather mild eruptions produces a broad. This is called a shield volcano. These slopes of a shield volcano are often built over a period of time and usually involve flow after flow of lava. Lava is the orange liquid that we saw when a volcanic eruption is happening that came from the magma chamber. The eruption of this type of volcano, the shield volcano, occurs at the central vents and from fissures along the volcano flank. An example of a shield volcano is the Mauna Kea, that along with the Mauna Loa, that these volcanoes form the part of large island of Hawaii in the Hawaiian islands at the United States. Some volcanoes produce both cinders and lava. They, it's like a combination of cinder cone volcanoes and shield volcanoes. And this is called the composite volcanoes, or also named the stratovolcano. This one produces symmetrically wide-based mountains that consist of alternating layers of lava and cinders. A composite volcanic cone forms partly through explosive eruptions of cinders that form the crater and partly through the mill lava flows that pour out of a crack and the cone's flank. The beauty and symmetry of the, the, of the composite volcanoes are admired. Some famous of uh, these volcanoes are the Mount Rainier and Mount St. Ellens in Washington State, and the Mount Fuji in Japan, Mount Etna in Sicily, Italy, and Mount Vesuvius in Italy also. Now we're going to talk about the volcanic activity. Geologists further classify volcanoes as active dormant or extinct according to their level or activity. So the geologists, they classify volcanoes in three types active, dormant, or extinct. If a volcano has erupted with a recorded history or is currently producing seismic activity, the volcano geologists call it an active volcano. Mount St. Ellens, the mount uh, in the state of Washington, is considered an active volcano since its eruption in 1980. An inactive volcano that could erupt again, this is classified as a dormant volcano. It's a volcano that haven't erupted in much time, but the volcanologists and geologists think that some, in some year or some moment, they're maybe gonna erupt. The Mauna Kea on the island of Hawaii is considered a dormant volcano. And now we're gonna talk about that last volcanic activity classified the extinct volcano extinct volcano is a volcano that probably will not erupt again an example of that extinct volcano is mexico's party between volcanoes erupted during the last this volcano erupted during the last century and now it's considered extinct because volcanoes do not believe it can erupt again however volcanoes are unpredictable and sometimes it's too difficult to determine whether a volcano is is truly extinct or just dormant. For example, the Fort Pickett Mountain in Alaska was considered extinct until its eruption in 2006. So, in conclusion, volcanoes are some unpredictable phenomena that we cannot know if they are extinct or they are only dormant. Location of volcanoes. Almost all of the Earth's volcanoes are considered are concentrated into three main belts that coincide with the Earth's earthquake belts, 
The most important volcanic belt in Arizona active volcano that parallels the Southern Pacific Gulf is the Ring of Fire. More than half of the world's active volcanoes are in this belt. The, um, it's like the Ring of Fire is the more than half of what's active volcano are in this belt, so it's how we can say the most important um, belt of the volcanoes. Another belt of volcanoes correspond to the Alpine, uh, Alpine earthquake belt, which extends from Europe into Asia. And we have also a third belt, and this associated with the Mid-Atlantic Ridge. The, the, the Mid-Atlantic Ridge is the Atlantic Ocean's Mid-Ocean Ridge. Other belts of volcanoes are located in the West Indies and along the Rift Valley of East Africa. The famous African volcano Kilimanjaro is at this region, the African volcano Bali. Now we're going to talk about volcanic eruptions. The explosion of a volcano is one of the most magnificent and sometimes terrifying spectacles on Earth. Fortunately, volcanoes rarely erupt without warning. Often, the first thing of an impending eruption is when a part of a volcano swells and buckles, an outward signal of the titan titanic pressures building beneath the rock surface. The pressures creating the bulge may come from the magma chamber, filling with the magma and spanning from gas. In the months before the mountain islands, I already talked about the mountain that is located at Washington State. Erupted volcanologists noticed that the north slope of Mountain St. Helens was swelling ominously and issued the warning, allowing many people to evacuate before the volcano flooded from the pressures within. Minor earthquakes may also precede the eruption by a few days or hours, often increasing an in intensity and number as the pressure within the magma chamber builds. Eventually, the pressure can no longer be contained and the eruption begins with an explosion or even a series of explosions. The first explosion may produce a great cloud of volcanic gases, steam, and thus the billows up upwards into the atmosphere, often to altitudes of several kilometers. The ashes of the cloud are usually accompanied by heavier fragments of rock and lava hardened into the air by the violence of the eruption. Explosions may recur at intervals or a continuous eruption, may follow hurling a constant barge of rocks, dust, and gases into the atmosphere. In many eruptions, glowing molten rocks spilled from the crater or from cracks of, on the volcano flanks. So, where they, we say here that minor earthquakes may precede an eruption, it's like a signal. I already told you, volcanoes, it can be like a warning because in earthquakes, it only starts to tremble the earth while in volcanoes. There are signals like minor earthquakes could happen and make people to evacuate. And the first, and now we're going to talk to them, explain the first explosion. The first explosion is produces may produce a great cloud of volcanic gases, which you start to see like um, dust. And these volcanic gases will span kilometers away. Now, we're gonna talk about something that is pretty important. That not all volcanoes erupt explosively. For example, the Kilauea, an active chill volcano on the Hawaii Island, is known for its gentle lava flows that surge forth from the Earth's interior like water from a pipe. Volcanologists have discovered something 
They discovered that the violence of a volcano eruption depends upon two factors, the viscosity of the magma and the amount of dissolved gas contained in the magma. If magma has a low viscosity, it is thin and runny and falls easily out of the cone. Thus, if dissolved gas escapes easily into the atmosphere, resulting in gentle lava flow, if magma, magma has a high viscosity, it is thick and syrupy and does not flow easily out of the cone. As a result, if dissolved gases cannot escape easily and the eruption is violent. Even gentle eruptions can be dangerous. However, in November 1985, the town of Armero, Colombia, was wiped out by a meltdown from the peak of Nervo Volcano, Nevado del Ruiz. A mild eruption had melted the volcano's snow caps, releasing a foot of water that turned the surrounding soil to rushing mud, killing 21,000 people and leaving the rest of the town homeless. It's an interesting thing that maybe it could be an unknown violent explosion, but how the how this volcano Nevado del Ruiz killed 21,000 people. So if they say you're warning that a volcano near your home is gonna explode, or they say like evacuate, you have to do it because you don't know how it could be an explosion, even if you're kilometers the gases that this thing. It's come with dust and it, this thing could maybe leave you without air in your lungs. It's gonna it's gonna damage your lungs. So if you live near a volcano or kilometers away, the gases are gonna go. The, these gases spend kilometers away. So if they say you have a crate, you have to do it. Now we're gonna talk about another thing, volcanic structures. A volcano affects the surface of the land around in several ways. The most obvious change may be the formation of a volcanic mountain. Where a volcano already exists, further eruptions can cause damage and landslides that permanently change the geologic features. Volcanic deposits such as ash, dust, pyroclasts, and lava and can also build up the land in low areas. Some of the most dramatic surface features produced by volcanoes are calderas. Huge bowl-shaped craters. Calderas are thought to form when the magma chamber beneath a volcano is emptied of magma, causing it to collapse under its own weight. Large masses of rock stick sink into the collapsed chamber, forming a huge depression at the surface. The deepest stick in the United States Crater Lake in Oregon is a volcanic caldera that has filled with water. The caldera that contains the lake is nearly 10 kilometers wide and has a depth of almost six, uh, 610 meters at its deepest point. Deep cliff like walls rise more than 580 meters above the lake in place. Beneath the surface, interesting geological features also exist beneath the surface formed by unseen volcanic action. Among these interesting formations are horizontal lava tunnels, or also named lava tubes, which form when the surface of a large lava flow hardens, but the lava beneath remains molten and continues to flow. When eruption sees, the lava channel becomes an empty lava tunnel. Lava tunnels range in size from several centimeters to several meters in diameter. It 
As magma builds up the beneath the surface of the earth, it is kept under tremendous pressures by the weight of the rocks above it. As a result, magma will often force its way through the cracks and weak spots in the rocks surrounding the magma chamber and solidify, producing masses of volcanic rock beneath the surface called igneous intrusions. In many places, erosion has removed the overlying rocks exposing the intrusions so they can be studied. When volcanic magma hardens in a vertical crack or fissure, it forms a vertical shaped like mass of igneous rock called a dike. When the magma squeezes between two horizontal layers of rock, it forms a horizontal, a sheet-like mass of igneous rock called a seal. A seal may be hundreds of meters thick and extend for several kilometers. Okay, so here we talk about lava tunnels, calderas, and about the structure of a volcano. Of a volcano. So, have you ever imagined being a crater lake or to see a lava tunnel? Would you like to be a volcanologist? But now we're gonna use another sources of information and talk more about volcanoes. Volcan volcanoes. Volcanoes are earth geological architects. This is another defi definition for volcanoes. Earth geological architects. They've created more than 80% of our planet's surface, laying the foundation that has a low life to the right. Their explosive force crafts mountains as well as craters, lava rivers spread into bleak landscapes, but as time ticks by, the elements break down these volcanic rocks, liberating nutrients from their stony pressions and creating remarkably fertile soils that have allowed civilizations to flourish. There are volcanoes on every continent, even Antarctica. Some 1,500 volcanoes are still considered potentially active around the world today. 161 of those over 10% sit within the boundaries of the United States. But each volcano is different. Volcanoes are unique and different. Some burst to life in explosive eruptions like that. 1991 eruption of Mount Pinatubo and others broke rivers of lava in what is known as an effusive eruption like the 2018 activity of Hawaii, Kilauea, a volcano. I already talked about the volcano jellies, about the magma, about the magma, how do you call this thing? The magma viscosity. And because of that, the Kilauea is some effusive eruption. These differences are all thanks to the chemistry driving the molten activity. The effusive eruptions are more common when the magma is less viscous or running, which allows gas to escape and the magma to flow down the volcano's slopes. Explosive eruptions, however, happen when the viscous molten rocks trap the gases building pressure until it violently breaks free. How the volcanoes form? Another another thing I already talked about how the, do I have talked about how volcanoes form? I think they know. So here we're gonna define it. The majority of volcanoes in the world form along the boundaries of earth tectonic plates. Massive expanses of our planet's lithosphere that continually continually shift the bumping into one another. When the tectonic plates collide, one often plunges deep below the other in what's known as a subduction zone. 
As the descending landmass sinks deep into the earth, temperatures and pressures claim releasing water from the rock. The water slightly reduces the melting point of the upper-lying rock, forming magma that can work its way to the surface. The spark of life truly awakens a slumbering volcano. Not all volcanoes are elastic to subduction. However, another way of volcanoes can form is what's known as hot spot volcanism. In the situation of in this situation, a zone of magma activity or a hot spot in the middle of a tectonic plate can push up through the crust to form a volcano. So where there is a hot spot, um, this hot spot is in the middle of a tectonic plate and this could be pushed up to the crust and this will form a volcano. Although the hot spot itself is thought to be a large, largely stationary, the tectonic plates Continue their slow march, building the line of volcanoes, volcanoes or islands on the surface. This mechanism is thought to be behind the Hawaii volcanic change, where we have Kilauea, Mount Kea. We have, like, I don't know how many volcanoes in Hawaii, but there is a, there is a volcanic change. Where are these volcanoes? Some of the 75% of the world active volcanoes are positioned around the Ring of Fire. I already talked about that it's near, it's like in the same place as the Circle Pacific Lake with earthquakes. And that. A 25,000 mile long horseshoe shaped zone that stretches from the southern type of South America across the west coast of North America through the Bering Sea to Japan and on to New Zealand. What are some dangers of from a volcano? A volcanic eruptions pose many dangers aside from lava flows. It is important to heal locally authorities advise during active eruptions and evacuate regions when necessary. One particular danger is pyroclastic flows. Avalanches of hot rocks, ash, and toxic gas that break down slabs at speeds as high as fire. 450 miles an hour, such an event was responsible for whipping out the people of Pompeii and Herculaneum after most vestibus eruptions in AD 79. I think the all people has known about Pompeii. Ash is another volcanic danger. Unlike the sap, fluffy bits of chair was left after a campfire. Volcanic ash is made of sharp fragments of rock and volcanic glass, each less than 2 mm across. The ash forms as the gases continuously magma expands, shattering the cooling rocks as they burst up from the volcano's mass. It is not only dangerous to inhale, it's heavy and builds up quick. quickly. Volcanic ash can collapse weak structures, cause water outages, and is challenging to shovel away past eruptions. So that's what I was telling you. The ash is something very dangerous if you know that you are you live near a volcano or kilometers or you see that the volcano is happening in the in some region you live if the authorities say you have to evacuate because this this ash is dangerous for your lungs have you ever asked what is the largest eruption in the history if you haven't asked or you don't know i will tell you the deadliest eruption in recorded history was the 1815 explosion of Mount Tabora in Indonesia. 
The blast was one of the most powerful ever documented and created a caldera, essentially a crater, four miles across and more than 3,600 3, feet deep. A superheated plume of hot ash and gas shot 28 miles into the sky, producing numerous pyrocrastic cells when it collapsed. The eruption in this in immediate dangers killed around 10,000 people, but that was wasn't its only impact. The volcanic ash and gas injected into the atmosphere obscured the sun and increased the reflective reflectivity reflectivity oh, sorry, of Earth, cooling its surface and causing what is known as the year without a summer. Starvation and disease during this time killed some 82,000 more people and the gloomy conditions are often credited as the inspiration for gothic horror tales such as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Although they, there have been several big eruptions here that recorded history, volcanic eruptions today are no more frequent than were a decade or even a century ago. At least a dozen volcanoes erupt on any given day as monitoring capacity for an entrance in volcanic eruptions increases. Coverage of the activity more frequently appears in the news and on social media. As Eric Clemetti, associate professor of the geosciences at Denison University, writes in the Washington Post, the world is not more volcanically active, we're just more volcanically aware. So I'm thankful because of you're hearing this podcast. I believe and I, I I think and I believe that you will like this information. This is the third episode. We talk about volcanoes that's dangerous. How did they form? The most dangerous, the most destructive volcano recorded in history. And this is episode three. Thanks for hearing. Goodbye.